Huele Maral. Uslawath at Maryam Yimme. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. It certainly has been a really fast uh, year. Can't believe how quickly it came by. But on this glorious and wonderful day, when we celebrate the birth of our Lord being with us, what that means in our lives is extremely important for us to recognize. Pope Francis, last year, talked about something about walking in darkness. There was a prophecy in Isaiah. And the prophecy talked about the people in darkness have seen a great light. And today we hear it in the gospel. When the angels come out and they appear to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone upon them. So the light is upon us. And what the Pope said is that this prophecy of Isaiah never ceases to touch us because it's not just sentimental, it's not just an emotional matter, but he says, this is what we are. We are people walking in darkness, but a light has been shown to us. And we've seen a great light. And what happened to the shepherds? They were amazed about what happened, what they saw. They were the only ones. They were the only ones that were able to see. And this becomes important for us to recognize and to realize. You know, there's the whole world celebrates Christmas. Somehow, somewhere, whether it's in lights or a Christmas tree, or they can call it whatever they want to call it, but the whole world celebrates it. But does the whole world know what it's celebrating? Do we know what we're celebrating? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we know, but do we really know? I want to go into a little bit into the shepherds. Simple men sitting outside doing their job. But the Lord appears to them by means of these angels. So here's a couple of points. So the first thing that I wanted to say is that the angels told the shepherds to go and see. And I was, as I was preparing for this time, I said, wait a minute. Did the angels really tell them to go and see? The interesting answer is no, they didn't. What they actually just did is they told them, you're gonna see a sign. But they never told them to go and see. See, there was a couple of signs, one spoken of by the angels and another one that was not spoken. What's the not spoken sign? Their hearts were lit. Not only were they scared from the angels, and the angels said, don't be scared. And this isn't the only time that the angel says, don't be scared. Says this to, you know, the angel said this to Mary, to Zechariah, to St. Joseph. And now they're telling it to the shepherds. Don't be scared. Something great is going to happen. Something great has already happened. And that's the sign. The sign is a very interesting sign. But there's a greater sign that happens on the inside. The shepherds are moved. And after the angels leave, they actually talk amongst each other. And they come out and they say, What do you guys think? Should we go see what the sign is? This amazement is what Pope Francis wanted to bring out. You see, they had a divine command to go see without saying it out loud. It was an inner command. It's what happens when your life changes. 
It's what happens when you come in contact with the divine and done in the right way. And that is love itself. Because you get filled with love and you can't help but do things, crazy things, for the sake of love. So let's look into the sign, the external sign. Point number one, city of Bethlehem. Really? See, for us, especially those who have been to the Holy Land, I've never been, by the way, um, they say that, oh, when you go see the Bethlehem and the birth of Jesus, it's so great, it's so awesome. It's not back then. That's kind of like saying the Savior is going to come and is going to show up in Southfield. Nothing wrong with Southfield. It's just not D.C. It's not Sterling Heights or West Bloomfield. It's not a big deal. And so when they hear, in the city of Bethlehem, and I wonder, it was like, really? All right, Bethlehem. Uh, what does Bethlehem mean? House of bread. Oh, that's interesting. That's another sign that, was, that goes uh, without saying. But we'll get into that in a minute. Or a half hour, depending on the homily. <laughs> so that's where the Ancient of Days is going to come. All right. The Savior is here. Where's the Savior? Well, he's a baby. Okay. Fine. No, that's fine. Okay, where is he at? He's in a stable. He's in an animal house. All right, that's another great sign. Um, he's wrapped in rags, swaddling cloths. You mean he's not in the White House, all decked, coming out, ruler of the free world? No. Interestingly enough, I was reading uh, Pope Francis's last night's homily. I love his homilies, by the way. They're awesome. He says God comes in littleness. You know, in the beginning of the gospel, you hear, you know, Caesar Augustus, you know, Joe Biden, you know, big name, big place, but no. No. He comes in littleness. He comes in simplicity. He comes in little ways because he doesn't want you to be scared and see his glory. So he gives it to you in the simplest way. And he goes beyond simplicity. He goes into like extreme humility. Like animal house. Dirty. Filthy. I mean, it's a stable. I mean, what do you got in a stable? I don't want to get into it. Um, he's wrapped in rags. And he's placed on a feeding trough. That's what... The manger is. It's usually made out of stone. It's usually cold and dirty because that's where you put the food and the animals in the stable will come and eat. Like the cows and the bulls and the goats and the whatevers. Really? Well, that's a great place for the king of the kings to come and to be born. Uh, it sounds like he needs help. It's not very great. Well, that's the external signs. But the shepherds were already filled with the internal sign. And the internal sign is, I got to go see. I got to see the Messiah. They don't come out and go, mm, I'm not going to go there. Well, it's because here's the question. What causes shepherds to leave the sheep? They're probably 50, 60, 70, 80 to lead them into a city 
outside of grazing, to get them into a place where they can just go and see a baby for a few moments. There's something happening on the inside. And that, again, is the divine child touching and the divine child bringing and the divine child coming in and saying, all right, let's work this backwards. You're going to see my glory. And the apostles did. But you're going to see it slowly. You can build it up from nothing. I'm sorry, less than nothing into something so great. And this is what we celebrate. So what do the shepherds do? Let's go. They go with haste. Uh, we've heard these words before. Uh, that's Mary. When the angel appears to her and tells her that you're, you know, you're going to accept a child, and she says yes, and then she hears that her cousin, uh, a relative, Elizabeth, is pregnant. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary goes with haste to go serve Elizabeth. And the shepherds, and Luke is doing this on purpose, by the way, and the shepherds go with haste to go see Jesus because now nothing else matters. Only one thing matters is to see this divine child and to see him wrapped in rags and sitting in a filthy place. By the way, have you ever seen animals eat? Do you know what a mess they make behind, leave behind? And that's why you put Jesus? That's very interesting. That's just, just a side story. Um, I don't want to get into that too much. I grew up with two dogs, so I know how they eat. Um, but towards God's humanity, they touched something deeper. They were able to see something greater. The rest of the world couldn't. Yeah, we got kings coming up soon. I'll take another five or six months before they show up. For us, it's going to be tomorrow, Sunday. They're going to come up, you know, they're going to take the fast train. But none of the world. Now, keep this in mind. They're not the only ones that saw Jesus. The innkeepers who didn't have time for them. Okay, a couple days later, maybe a day later. Oh, you gave birth. Okay, congratulations. Uh, when are you going to leave? They still had to go. They still had to go register. Then they went back home. So there's a lot of people that saw them. To me, it's symbolic of there's a lot of people that know about Jesus today. But very few are really and truly celebrating. And... That's what brings us here today. You. We're sitting, um, celebrating. But what are we celebrating? So the angels gave the shepherds a sign. I want to give you a sign. Here's the sign. In a tabernacle not fit for a king. On an altar that's, okay, that's pretty good. In a place not known for its name. The divine is here. God is amongst us. Not only is he here, he's not wrapped in rags. He's wrapped in bread, which is no longer bread. He's wrapped in himself in the simplest way so that you won't be scared to see him. And we celebrate today. Now, this celebration is divine, but on the outside, it's not the greatest of all celebrations. How's the world celebrating? Probably with music, food, staying up late, 
I'm guessing there's booze. I'm guessing there's gambling. I'm guessing a lot of things. How are we celebrating? Well, maybe that'll come later. How are we celebrating? We're coming together to sing a few songs. You know, this morning, by the way, when I woke up, I heard, I, I don't know who's which neighbor is coming out and he's got music blasting and doing and whatever. I was like, okay, let's celebrate. But what's the greatest way for you to celebrate? Because I'll be honest with you, um, this isn't the tastiest bread. I'd rather have cake. Maybe we should just gather together for about an hour and a half, bring a cake, sing happy birthday, and say we love you, Jesus, and go home. What would be missing? It might be much more festive. Maybe we can have really cool music, too. Music that we can rock to. But what would be missing? Jesus. In the Eucharist. And that is where the house of bread that Jesus was born in. That's not an accident. That's purposely done. Because he wants you, 2,000 years later, to serve. And actually, not to serve and go out of your way, but to come and to experience in a very similar manner. But there's a question. What's your temptation? Celebrate Jesus only externally. Which begs the question, who's Jesus for you? What is Jesus all about? Why are we gathering here every year? Who is he for some people? And I'm not saying all, but some people he's a, he's a useful social thing that we use. And I know this and I have people who told me this. I don't believe in God, but I want my kids to know God. Okay? And the reason why? It's because if God brings order. It's almost like if you don't do this right, you'll be punished. So it's all about punishment and law. And you hear it in today's letter, St. Paul is saying, no, 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 we're not here about the law. We're here to talk about childhood. Jesus comes as a child so that you can become a child, not childish, child, and that when you become a child, you become the child of the Father. Then you can call God Father. That's something ridiculously crazy. And yet sometimes we just leave God to just be a law. And nothing more than just this thing, this human thing that I don't feel right unless I go because, you know. Um, and by the way, there was um, an, an atheist movement that's been really getting stronger. And a few years back, they had a poster during Easter. And it was a picture of, actually it's during Christmas, I take it back. It was a picture of Jesus crucified and Santa Claus. And it said something like, I don't remember the exact words. I think it was in New York, like in, in the middle of New York. And it said, let go of the myth and accept the jolly. So Santa Claus, accept, but let go of Jesus. It's very interesting. What you think, okay, well, that's just these people. Well, there's a Pew study that was done. And it's an interesting Pew study that was done. It's a Pew study saying that those who go to church every Sunday, what percentage believe in the actual presence of Jesus in the Eucharist? 40%. 60% say that it's not Jesus. Or it's a symbol. Or it's something that just, you know, um, it can't be just him. 
So let me ask you this question. Do you believe Jesus is here? Here's a crazy point behind it. And I'm talking about Jesus is alive. See, that would mean that he's God and he's not dead and that he rose from the dead and it's been 2,000 years and he is amongst us. Do you believe that he is here for you? More than you are here for him. And the next question is, if yes, are you willing to visit him? Not just today, but regularly. How much are you willing to put your trust in him? Now imagine this. We are all gathered here. And it's the same manger. Except this modern version of the stable. Um, there might be shepherds here. Coming to see, to know, to worship, amazed. There might be innkeepers here. I pray God that there isn't. That they're here, they're done, they've done their thing and they go. Um, just to let you know, the angels are here. They're singing. You've got people who are serving. And guess what the, um, the manger is today? It's your hands. So now Jesus, instead of being put in a dirty, ugly, filthy trough, is put in your hands. And then when he comes inside, he will be sitting in a dirty, ugly, and that's all of us. That's me first. An dirty, dirty, ugly, filthy trough as well. That's where he's going to lay his head today after we receive him. But he still wants to come. And he comes for those who believe and those who don't believe. He's here. He wants to come and to say, I'm here to clean house. I'm here to bring joy. So the question then comes up, what's keeping us? What's keeping us from accept, accepting him? What's keeping us from coming and serving him? A lot of times it's fear. A lot of times it's I got better things to do. I don't have time for this. Um, this is a function that I do and I fulfill and I check it off and then I do other functions. Let me ask you this question. Some of us are neither hot nor cold. We kind of believe. But we need a radical change. So let me ask you this. Are you in? Poker. I don't play, but it's getting bigger and it's a disaster. But let's use the imagery. Are you all in? Are you completely in? Are you willing to sacrifice everything? All or nothing? It's like marriage. It's like a relationship. See, in a marriage, you don't come out and say, do you take this person to be your spouse? Kind of. I would run. Yes. Are you all in? Um, do you want to be loved? Do you want to have greater meaning in your life? Do you want to see something deeper? Do you want to find out what the shepherds felt? And what are they looking for? This is the opportunity. In a few moments, we're going to receive him. Our mangers are going to have baby Jesus there. 
And I tell you this, it can't be Christmas without the Eucharist. That's why we don't just do a shindig. We don't just go out and just play music and eat and dance and sing happy birthday. It's not faith without the Eucharist. Uh, it's not life without the Eucharist. It's, there's no peace without the Eucharist. There's no place in the inn for those who don't come to the Eucharist regularly. Because I'll tell you this, angels won't matter. Shepherds won't matter. Innkeepers won't matter. The question is, deep down in your stable, is Jesus there? And sometimes we're too embarrassed to show what's in our stable because there's animals there, there's filth there, there's dirt there. And still, he's going to come. He's still going to penetrate. And he still wants to be there. And he says to you, if you're tired, then give me your tiredness and I will give you rest. But you've got to give it to him. You've got to seek. If you're hungry, then he will feed you. But you ask for a genuine trust in him. You've got to have confidence in him. If you're cold and alone, then he will visit you with his warmth. But you've got to believe. If you're in sin, he wants to forgive you. He doesn't want to hold anything against you. He wants to say with confidence, I love you. I want you to be my sibling, my brother, my sister, so that together we can proclaim God as Father. It's basically this. You want to be alive? You want to be strong? Come and see. The source of life is here. His manger is the tabernacle. And your heart is now open. What will you do with it? It's left up to you. But when you taste and you see, then you proclaim, blessed be the name of Jesus, both now and forever.